everyone needs to realize that discipline is like a rubber band. It's, it stretches, right? It stretches. Sometimes it's like really, really tough and really flexed and you're good to go. Other times it's a little flimsy. It's yeah. a little flimsy and that's okay. But do you know what you need to do to get it strong again? Pedros, do you believe that discipline equals freedom? Discipline equals freedom. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, that's Jocko's phrase, and it absolutely will change your life when you have personal discipline, when you are able to finally follow through on everything that you know you should do that's holding you back right now. So, Pedros, how has discipline been a cornerstone for you as a man, as a leader, as, you know, a fitness person, and as an entrepreneur? So I, I, I put up a post about a month and a half ago on the old Instagrams and I said, discipline is a discipline. Um, discipline is a discipline that only a few are disciplined enough to have. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I think that is one profound when you think about it, that discipline is a discipline that only a few are disciplined enough to have, <clears throat> but two, the few who have it weren't born with it magically, acquired it through consistent work in an area. <clears throat> For me, it's literally been something that separated me and my companies from the competition. It's improved my marriage. It has, at 47, I'm in the best shape of my life. As a father, I'm consistently there for my kids and one of the best conversations uh, Andrew and I had recently in a hot tub was he's like, Hey dad, um, I tried, I tried a joint oh. and uh, I want to let you know that I love you. I tried a joint and um, it's just not for me, da, 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 but I didn't want to hide it from you. If I wasn't a disciplined father with him, meaning consistent with him in not only, uh, I guess, punishing him when he did wrong, but also rewarding him and showing him the rights and wrongs of life. That I would have never told my dad that I tried a joint that I would have smoked weed man he would have like beat the fuck out of me I didn't, I didn't trust it like I would have had that relationship with him so all these things are a byproduct of discipline and when I think about all the areas of my life when I was younger that I was like oh man I failed at that oh I, I wasn't good at that thing it was just a lack of discipline and lack of the consistency follow through on a thing that helped me develop this characteristic of sticking through it and to it no matter what it's a game changer it's a separator so so today you help you know your franchisees have more discipline you help your team members here at hq have more discipline you help men in the project um not the projects the project uh you know your your man up project mm -hmm. uh, modern day night project have more discipline what's the first step in our viewers and listeners improving their discipline because they know they want it, they know they need it, but you know they haven't had the discipline of finding the discipline yet. Yep, identity, Yeah, identity. Everyone who doesn't have discipline has created this false identity of themselves as, man, I'm just not a disciplined person, you know? 
Well, if you keep saying I'm not a disciplined person, you just keep going further away from discipline. Absolutely. You can, and that goes for everything in life because I told myself the wrong things. And, right. Yeah. Holds right. Back. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, gee, I'm, I'm, I'm not meant to be an entrepreneur. Well, keep saying that and, and <laughs> while trying to be an entrepreneur and let's see how that turns out for you a decade right. from now. You're still going to be in the same spot. And so the, uh, what I found, especially I found this through the project. As, as we run the project, these men come to us. Um, and, and all men carry some level of, most men, I shouldn't say all men, most men carry some form of a false identity. That false identity comes from a, like this shotgun blast that was delivered to their, to their heart by their dad. When their dad said, you know, you're stupid, you're, you're not athletic, you're just always going to be fat and dumb and whatever it is. To hear that in your formidable years as a young man uh, from your dad, because every young man looks up or young boy looks up to their dad or older brother for that rite of passage. And to hear that from that guy who, who all you want is their approval and validation. This is why most men will look at other men for approval and validation because dad didn't give it to them. So they're still trying to fill that hollow spot. Mm-hmm. But if their identity is then dad said so, the man that I looked up to said so, and therefore I am, if you show up with that identity, you're you're never going to become the disciplined person. And so you first have to shed your false identity and say, who do I want to be known as? And you can rebuild yourself. Mm-hmm. Every man has the time and the ability to rebuild themselves. No one takes the pause to go, how do I want to rebuild myself? Or what do I want to rebuild myself into? Do I want to be a better entrepreneur, a better husband? I, like the actual intent behind the action versus just like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go work today, now I'm gonna go work out, da, da, da. and so you're kind of robotically going through life but not really having intention. Yeah. And so when identity, when the false identity is shed and you, you decide that I'm gonna be this man, a man of discipline, where I'm gonna keep my word because my word to myself is my reputation. The reputation that I have with myself is the highest thing that I could have with anybody. Uh, the relationship with myself is the highest thing I can have with anybody. And I want to have a great reputation with myself. And if I have a great reputation with myself and everybody else, uh, my reputation will precede me. Like Craig will never have to wonder about B's character. Got it. Yeah. I remember years ago, um, I asked you for some feedback and, and you know, you said, you, and you gave the feedback great, like, hey, doing well here, here, and here. And, and, and one of the things you said, but you got to start doing better on you're telling people you're going to do something and then you no-show or you, you, know, you skip out or whatever it was. And I, I took that to heart and it's like, okay, well, now I'm, I'm going to do two things. One, I'm not going to make promises that I know I'm not going to keep. And, and two, if I make the promise, then I'm going to keep the promise. Mm-hmm. And, and that was certainly a ties into that identity because I really – you know, I want to be a man of integrity and I want to be a man who keeps his promises uh, because if you keep your promises, you become a more confident person. Mm-hmm. So that was very, very helpful to me. And I think it goes along with one of the things that I believe is a cornerstone of discipline, which is clarity. Clarity. Man, it, it, is, it is very easy to chase a lot of things. And if you're chasing a lot of things, it's very easy to wear down a person's discipline. They're, well, they might forget about some of the things that they want to do or trying to do, or they might not have, you know, they might not have the discipline of time, so they're not able to finish certain things, and they leave that to-do list, uh, you know, in, incomplete. And so, having clarity about what matters 
then allows you to put your focus on things. And if you like, if you're running around right now and you're trying to do a side hustle here and a side hustle there, and then do this, and then but you also want to be, you know, out with your friends doing this, and you know you want to be doing this in the gym. It's like there's too many things, and the clarity allows you to narrow it down to the focus. And that makes it easier because you can't be disciplined in 19 things if you don't have any discipline in one thing right now. Right. So let's get disciplined around the things that matter the most. And when you mentioned before that a lot of men are out there just trying to impress other men, it's a good time for you to get clear about what really matters. But is it really that important to you to impress these other people? Why? Why do you think that it's important to impress other people or these particular other people? Because does that really matter if your your vision in life is to be a great family man? Well, then does it matter if you go out and you you know you go to the gym six days a week and neglect your family to impress these other people at the gym? So the clarity around what matters, combined with the identity of uh, the proper identity of what you want to become and who you see yourself are are. The cornerstones of discipline, but I don't think anybody ever talks about them. Most no. people just talk about the cold showers and the add this and add that. Um, but I'm actually a discipline through subtraction kind of guy. Cut away the fluff, mm -hmm. cut away the distractions and the toxic temptations and the bad environments and the bad eggs in your life. And success can become much more automatic that way. Yeah, yeah. The, the clarity piece is important, which, you know, as we opened this up, we talked about that, like, be really intentional with what it is that you want. Like, if you're subconsciously have told yourself, like, man, I'm just a lazy person. Like, you know, maybe you don't have to say it outward. So if you're subconsciously telling yourself, I'm a lazy person, or I'm the kind of person that kind of gives up, I've got no work ethic, that gives up easily, then you will always show up lazy. You will always show up and give up when things get a little tough. If you start saying that my identity is that I'm going to be a disciplined human, I'm going to be a disciplined woman. I'm going to be a disciplined man. Once you take on that identity, now you have to do the things that discipline requires. And discipline doesn't care if you're tired. You're tired? Do it anyway, right? Discipline says, oh, you don't, you don't, you don't feel good. Well, do it anyway. Discipline says, it's raining outside and it's cold and it's windy. Do it anyway. It becomes the identity. I'm a disciplined man to do anything outside of what a disciplined man would do makes me an irresponsible man, makes me a weak man. And I don't wanna be an irresponsible weak man because our country already has too many of those, which is why we're eroding as a country. And so the identity change along with the clarity of what you want to, like how do you want to be seen? How do you wanna show up? Not everyone has to show up as Ed Milet and Tim Grover and Andy Frisilla. Show up as the version of you that you want to show up with. Um, true story, funny story. Uh, we were, this was uh, two years ago, we were in Hawaii every Christmas. We, we go to Hawaii, Maui. And um, so sometime in late December, and Ed, Ed calls me. And he's like, hey, brother. I'm like, what's up, Ed? <laughs> he goes, <laughs> All, all of you know this. You know that Ed Milet sounds like Macho Man Randy Savage, <laughs> don't you? Like, let's 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 be honest. Ed Milet and Macho Man Randy Savage might be the same dude. But uh, so Ed calls me. He's like, "Hey, brother, what's going on?" I'm like, "Hey, man, we're in, we're in Hawaii having a good time. You know, Merry Christmas." So he's like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm getting a new jet, and I thought of you because I was just wondering if maybe you want to pick up my my old jet before I sell it on the market. If you want to pick it up, I was like, well." You know, the age that my kids are at, 
I want to spend more time with them. So I actually raised my speaking fee to 50,000 and raised my coaching fee to 100,000 so that I spend more time with my kids. And if I am speaking somewhere, when I do get a coaching client, it really justifies that, that, that pay. He goes, I go, and in fact, that's why I spent over $3 million to build out my private gym, whereas I don't want to have a private jet that's going to whisk me away from my family. I go every night, you know this, Ed, me and my family go to my private gym and we work out barefoot and have a good time and do our thing. He goes, brother, that's what I like about you. He goes, you know exactly what you want and you do exactly what you need to. Now, the idea, if the old me 15 years ago would have been like, hell yeah, I want a private gym, just like I bought all those watches that I never wear because I thought watches were status, uh, which now I've got all these little the gizmos that move my watches around because they're all automatic watches. And they're all high-end watches or timepieces, whatever the fuck you want to call them. And I'll give them to Andrew when he's older and he wants to sell them, he can, and wear them, he can. But the point is, now I know what I want in life. And, and so I don't want a private jet, I want private gyms where my kids and I can work out and have a good time. And then we now... I'll, did you see the uh, golf cart that we have in the back? No, I didn't see it. We've got a badass project golf cart where we lifted, got some off-road tires. So we'll go driving the golf cart in the dirt pit in the back of the gym, you know, out there. And so I'm so sure of what I want in life, automatically my brain subtracts, going back to what you do, subtracts all the things I don't need. Yeah. And the thing I don't want and I don't need is a private jet to whisk me away from my family. Now, if I want to get on a jet because I don't want to wear a mask and I don't want to necessarily go through TSA, we just charter a jet as a family or a speaking event and off I go. But it's so important to be able to decide who is it that you are, be very specific about what you want, be intentional about becoming that person, and then you all of a sudden you're disciplined and you're like, look at me. I'm an example to humanity. What do you guys do at the project um, to help guys who come to the project who are, you know, know that they need to become better versions of themselves? What exercises do you do there without giving it the whole thing? Yeah, um, so, so I've never shared this with you, and I think it's time we share this publicly. The project, even though it's 75 hours long, right around hour number 36, there's a three-hour window starting at hour number 36, that goes to hour number 39. And then once again, an hour number like 51, 52, 53 is another three hour window. And there's a journaling exercise we do for those six hours. So it's three hour block, three hour block. There's a journaling exercise called the toxic cognitions where we help identify the first sentence of that journaling exercise is the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life is this. And I literally, I've done it. So I read off. I'm like, all right, guys, we're going to be very vulnerable here. And just this is going to be worse than the drowning in the ocean with the Navy SEAL, <laughs> then, then the ice baths, then the log PT, then crawling in the pit for miles at a time. This is going to be like your heart's about to tear out of your chest because you're going to have to admit things if you want to heal and change your identity, take off the false identity. And so that first sentence is, the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life is, and then I read mine, I was molested by two older boys in Armenia between the, when I was between the ages of four and six. And I read that to them and they're like, fuck, I got to write that down. But at this point, the reason we do it so late into the project, you know, hour number 36, now they've strange men over 36 hours now have become brothers sure. because every evolution that's so physically demanding could only get done when I help you and you help me. And soon we're calling each other brothers. We're now best friends because there's no way I'm going to cross the finish line or you're going to cross the finish line without each other. So now sitting there and going, you know, being beat up, 
I could admit anything in front of you and no one's gonna, like, I'm not worried about it. So we go through that. And then the next sentence is, and that has put on this false identity on me where I feel I need to do this. Maybe I gamble, maybe I drink, prostitutes, right. whatever it is, right? Um, I make promises and I don't follow through. I start businesses and I just like collapse them. I self-sabotage in these ways. So the toxic, and there's several other sentences that I don't wanna have to go into in the journaling exercise. But so part one is identifying the toxic cognitions and what false identities it's put on you. Mm -hmm. And then each guy talks about it and, and how it shows up in their life and how it limits their growth and how they upper limit in their faith, their family, their fitness, their finances. The second block of that, the second part of that is the superpowers. What we don't realize is what bad thing happened to us also can give us superpowers. Mm -hmm. For me, it's given me the superpower of compassion and empathy. For many, many years, Di called me the Pied Piper of broken men. She goes, I don't understand why like hurt and injured, emotionally hurt and injured men like come and find you and like glom onto you and want to be your friend and want to work with you and want to partner up with you, et cetera. And I never understood either. Over the years, I understood. I just give off so much compassion and empathy towards men. And as I healed, the more I heal, the more I give off that radiance. It's like a, it's like a light bulb that you can just turn on, turn up the radiance, right? And it's like, I'm like a, like a beacon for, for men for that. And so, and in a weird sideways way, you, you kind of said something similar when years ago, you're like, oh, you're like that guy from the Green Mile who just oh, yeah. sucks in everyone's problems, <clears throat> right? And well, I'm able to do that because as I healed through my problems, I'm able to kind of be available for other people through empathy and compassion. And so, but had that not happened to me, I would not have been an empathetic, compassionate person. That is a superpower that I have. And through that superpower, I'm able to make these impacts. Yeah. And I, so the second part of the journaling is that. So my new identity is that I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a weapon for good through compassion and empathy. And we help these men identify their new superpower that they got from this bad thing that happened to them. And then we go, now a man who has that superpower, how does he show up? What does his daily routine look like? How does he show up to his wife? How does he show up during an argument? How does he show up when he makes a decision? How, when he makes a promise, is he there? And all of a sudden like, oh shit, yeah, that's how this guy shows up. And so when the worst thing in your, your life that's ever happened to you, has been reframed as a superpower, Woof. you have a whole new identity, bro, it's game on. You're like a rocket ship. Yeah, and and I, I coach some people that have gone through the project and I've just seen the transformation that they have made. <clears throat> totally different, totally able to withstand uh, so much more, not just physical um, stress, but mental and emotional stress. Mm -hmm. You know, they just, they're level-headed when most people would either bury their head in the sand or just you know have their head pop right off or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's super powerful. So it's not like we're, we're beating discipline into them at the project. We're literally helping them create an identity of a man who is disciplined. So I joked around earlier about, you know, you don't have to add the cold baths and all that sort of stuff, but what is the role of physical discomfort, physical challenges in building discipline that lasts? There, there is a, there is a, functional purpose to adversity and suffering. Yeah. It's, it's within adversity and suffering that we discover the highest version of ourselves. And the reason that happens, people go, well, why can't I just meditate and discover the highest version of myself? When you are put against, like, never mind a marathon, 
like a triathlon, an ultra marathon, where your just knees and hips hurt. Like uh, last December 5th, uh, I call it Suckfest. It was Suckfest number one. Uh, we stayed up 24 hours and then we, we walked from sundown till sunup yeah. without any, pra without any um, training for it. Got it. And I said, whoever wants to come do it with me, like your feet aren't gonna be ready, your hips aren't gonna be ready, but that's the idea. It's gonna suck mm -hmm. and we just walk until the sun comes up. We got 37 miles in 13 hours. Yeah. And it was five of us from HQ who did it. Um, the next suck face fest is coming up in like late November. Uh, and it's going to be a horrible one, horrible one. Um, again, it's like sleep. So you, you haven't slept, now you're going to do something tough. Um, it's just repetitive over and over again for a period of time until you cover a marathon. But anyway, that's uh, when you do that, when you're in a place of like physical torture, ice bath, pulling a truck for an unknown distance, hiking with like logs and shit until you don't know where the 75 hours started and ended because you've just been so deprived of time and sleep and we put them down for a two hour nap here in the middle of the day but then we wake them up with with like flashbang grenades only to to put them back down an hour later when they're like adrenaline dumping uh, we do that to disorient them but when you're in that moment of pain and suffering you have to disassociate and you bring your, your conscious brain goes away and the subconscious brain opens up and starts kind of processing things. You've got your left and right hemisphere of the brain. That brain has had a lot of trauma through life because most humans, three out of four people, have had some either physical, sexual, emotional abuse that's left them traumatized, that has led to vices. The addictions aren't just addictions. Addictions are a traumatic are, are, are a way of coping and dealing with a traumatic event. And bilateral stimulation, meaning accessing both sides of your brain, allows you to then process through that pain for the first time ever in your life. So everything we do, other than the ice bath, you're hiking, running, crawling, and there's a rhythmic thing to it. And that's called EMDR in psychological oh, okay. Yeah, you've heard of EMDR, okay. tick, 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 bilateral stimulation. That's why when you're riding a bike, you're running and jogging, you're doing repetitions of whatever, you start having all these aha moments and you solve all your problems. You know, people go, I feel good when I work out. It's not just the endorphins, you solve your problems because you recruit the left and right side of your brain to solve through a problem or a traumatic event that hasn't been solved for many, many years, if not decades. Um, all, all this to say that when you go into an ice bath and you have to disassociate, go away from your body mentally, you go into a place where you can now start accessing a higher level of discipline, a higher level of realizing like, like, like a dial on a thermostat, like holy smokes, the glass ceiling on my tolerance for stress, for pain, for having an angry Marine and, and Navy SEAL yelling at you telling you you did something wrong when you know you did it right and you did it with plenty of time to spare. But we create an environment where that kind of pain, that's emotional pain. You're not doing anything physical there. They're just yelling and screaming at you and you just have to sit there and disassociate and go away. And where you go away is it to an area where you can actually start processing things and access the higher self, the radiance that we all have within. And I look at radiance, like I said, as this like, imagine like this orb of light and when you were born, it was so bright because you were curious and there was no trauma and you were willing to explore because you weren't worried about rejection. It was this bright light. And then all of a sudden, abuse, debt, rejection. It's like putting 
black handkerchiefs. If you give me a stack of black handkerchiefs and throughout your life, I just throw these black handkerchiefs on this beautiful source of light. After so many layers of black handkerchiefs, we've just lost the access to radiance. Mm -hmm. And it, it, that access might be someone telling you that you're, you're, you're clumsy, you're, you're, you're stupid, you don't do well in school, you're just barely gonna be a wrench turner. That becomes their identity and so how is someone who's got an, a, a false, that's a false identity, who walks around the world with a false identity that I'm clumsy, I'm goofy, I don't follow through with my promises, ever gonna have any discipline. So the suffering is necessary to be able to disassociate from your body and go away to a place that you can't access in your brain unless you're suffering. This is why people in concentration camps um, during World War II the Jews in concentration camps were able to build such tough high levels of resiliency because when they were made to dig holes barefoot in the cold, only to then refill those holes by, by, by nighttime and then to redig them again the next morning. If you start thinking about that, it'll drive you mad. You have to mentally disassociate and start going to this beautiful place in your brain where you could just access radiance. And when you access radiance, a whole new level of self develops. Wow, I don't think we've ever gotten this deep on the, yeah. uh, on the show here. Now, yeah. now, clearly, the environment and the people around you are, are key in the discipline. You know, when, when those people, are, those men in the project are going through it together, um, <clears throat> what's the power of accountability there, like your brotherhood after? And then how do they say, stay strong when they're on their own? Yeah, and, and so like all humans, we, we can't be strong all the time. Like, during COVID 2020, just after, you know, March, April, May, June, I was like, yeah, we're going to get out of this. We're going to be fine as a, as a franchise. As we lost 100, 150, 180 locations, my text messages too were very different. I'm like, dude, I'm drinking a couple, you know, a couple cocktails every night. Um, my, my workouts are suffering because of it. I'm not sleeping well at night. You know, we check in on each other and I wasn't in the best frame of mind. I gave myself grace to be that. Like, you're not always going to be in the best frame of mind during war or as our friend jason redmond says you know when there's a life ambush don't go sitting on the x but when the ambush is happening you're not going to be your best self mm -hmm. you're probably going to yell and scream and panic and get chaotic as long as you're working towards an outcome and so the beautiful thing about these guys holding each other to their promises of staying disciplined in life, disciplined in their marriage, disciplined in their business, disciplined in their fitness and their faith. And the faith isn't just like a higher power, God, Allah, the universe. It's discipline of like, do, do you have faith in yourself, confidence in yourself that you will execute and keep the promises that you made? Like that's a high power of faith, man. And so every Friday we have a check-in on the private Facebook group that we have and all nine classes. And in fact, tomorrow the class 10 starts of the project, biggest class yet. And every Friday we do a, a check-in and every guy does a little, little video and go, hey man, here's where I am in my faith, family, fitness, and finance. And uh, here's where I'm struggling. And by the way, here's some awesome things that have happened to me. And if anyone wants to know how I've made this extra $300,000 in the last 30 days, reach out to me and I'll let you know. Um, but I'm struggling in this one area of life. And so like any kind of self-help group, the brotherhood comes together, the network, right? You know, we talked about earlier in the previous podcast, like the people that you surround yourself with are the people that you become like. Mm -hmm. And so I might be going through a phase of life where I'm just like being crushed in, let's say, fitness. You might have fitness dialed in right now because you just do. That's, everyone has winning and losing phases of life. Sure. 
And so you're in that brotherhood. You're going to reach out to me and be like, hey, B, let's, let's talk, man. Here's, here's what I'm doing. No one says go in there and do this high, badass, crazy, intense program. But how about you just go walk outside, take your shirt off, and walk under the sun and feel that, the, 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 the vitamin D for just three miles and listen to some Joe Rogan entertaining podcast on a marketing podcast. Like, you know what, Craig? Thank you. Because in my head, I've got the bar set so high yeah. that if I can't do my hardcore tough guy workout, when I'm at my best, I could do that. But otherwise, I'm not going to be able to. So I just go, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. But if my buddy's like, hey, man, how about this? And then text me when you're done. So now I'm being held accountable to a friend. There's that level of accountability. And so sometimes when discipline gets crippled because of a life ambush and I'm, we're on the X, I've got my battle buddy, and that's what we call it. My battle buddy's like, hey, man, listen, just go do this instead. Mm -hmm. Give yourself exercise a little bit of grace, self-grace, and then call me or text me when you're done so we know that there's accountability. Got it. And I do that a few times, and the discipline starts ramping right back up again. Got it. Got it. Well, I mean, that is super powerful. And, and then that then spreads to, from the physical and mm -hmm. mental discipline, it spreads to the discipline at home with the family. Yeah. And the family sees you operating at a different level. And, and then their confidence and discipline grows, and they, they feel in a more safer environment. And then that discipline is transferred into the, the business. And everybody in the business sees, wow, you know, yep. the owner, the boss, the CEO, he's... He or she is doing stuff that, you know, they're taking their game to the next level. And I, th I already thought they were at the next level, now they're going to the next, next level. And then I'm going to step up my game. And the, the discipline and the confidence just radiates around you when, mm -hmm. when you go and build it for yourself. That, that, that's exactly it. And so I, I think everyone needs to realize that discipline is like a rubber band. It's, it stretches, right? It stretches. Sometimes it's like really, really tough and really flexed and you're good to go. Other times it's a little flimsy. It's yeah. a little flimsy and that's okay. But do you know what you need to do to get it strong again? Do you have the right people around you that you can lean on and go, hey, bud, I need, I need a little bit of help in this area without feeling uh, like you might reject me or I might feel like less of a man or less of a woman if I reach out? Um, and, and I think that's important. Whether it's someone does the project or not doesn't matter to me. What matters is that they are disciplined in areas of their life they know they need to be. And all of that starts off by shedding the false identity and putting on a new identity of the man that you are, the woman that you want to be, mm -hmm. and then start living that life. It's, it's literally that simple. Yeah, yeah. Simple, not easy. Simple, not easy. But, but simple. Awesome. Let's wrap it up. Yep. Guys and gals, thank you so much for watching this episode of the pro uh, the project. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this got, advertisement for I got, the project has got, been brought to you by the project. <laughs> the project. I got a project on the mind. Guys, seriously, though, thank you for watching and listening to this episode of The Empire Show. Um, as you guys know, I'm fiercely passionate about the, the project, and it's something that I want to help every single man on the planet with, and uh, that is my goal to do. And so if you got any value out of this episode, please do me and Craig a favor and leave us a five-star review on the iTunes, a awesome comment. And of course, take a screenshot and share it on social media. Talk to you guys later.